0: Well, good Friday morning, everybody. Yes, I am back, and I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida.
3: And I am Lisa Wysocki. Today I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, July 22nd, episode 2979. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. I
1: can't take it anymore. Thank God it's Friday.
2: I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange
4: journey. Work all week so that we can eat, and own a little piece of God's ground. Pushing papers and pens, red tape never ends. The stress can turn a smile into a frown.
5: I need some horsing around.
0: Ah, well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you know what starts tomorrow, Lisa? What starts tomorrow? The Mongol derby starts <gasps> tomorrow. Now, Can this wait. I know. This is the first of two Mongol Derbies this year because they're making up for the years they missed and all the people that were had paid deposits and didn't get to go. <laughs> so it starts tomorrow, and we're having Daredevil Devin back with us. She comes back with us every year to help uh, help us cover the Mongol Derby. She's going to be talking about who to watch and whose dots to follow. So
3: Awesome. I can't wait. I and, love the Mongol Derby.
0: And I think earlier in the week or last week, Jennifer replayed the Leslie Wiley episode ta- when she talked about her Mongol Derby experience. Was which was a wild ride. So <laughs> It sure was. <laughs> so if you yeah. missed that, go back and take a listen to that. You'll just see it in your podcast player there. Plus, we're going to talk about some expensive briars, some horse card games, and some really bad ads. And in really bad ads today, we have to apologize because apparently some people have been sending in voice ads, but they've been getting mixed up in the voicemail system with the all of the uh, messages coming in for our 3,000th episode. So... We discovered that, oh, we missed a lot of voicemail ads. So today's going to be a lot of you guys on Really Bad Ads. Today, Lisa and I, we, we don't have to work as hard, so that's good.
3: I like <laughs> we that. like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, in the Auditor Post Show, I have some summer humor for you. We're going to talk about the seasons. Uh, and where are you at? You're in Tennessee. Is it hot there like here?
3: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's. I think the heat index today is going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of 112, 115, you know. I mean, just, just your usual summer day in Tennessee.
0: You know, it makes me feel better, though, when I look at the temperatures here in Ocala and we're always between 90 and 95. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a 1000% humidity, I give you that. Yes, but but yes. then when I look at the rest of the country and everybody's hotter than us. So it's Yeah. Like, <laughs>
3: it's yeah. Crazy. Well, and I, and I mean we're complaining about the heat here and we've got some legitimate, you know, concerns we have we have a horse who's got some heat issues. But then I look at where Jamie is, where where Jamie usually is, she's not there right now, but you know, in Oklahoma and Arizona and some of those places and it's worse than what we have. So
0: You know, one of my Colorado friends today posted it was going to be 103 real temperature, Colorado. Wow! Oh my god! Oh my goodness! And Jamie is not here. She'll be back on Monday. She's on vacation. They're in Colorado, actually, having a good time, and she's been posting pictures all week. It looks like a lot of fun they're having. Uh, And uh, I can't believe how big Lucas is getting. He's getting huge. And I remember him being born on the show. I mean, he was practically (laughs) almost born on the show. So exactly,
3: exactly. (laughs) I think she
0: was back a couple days later. Yeah. So uh, one other thing I did want to mention is we are getting the voicemails have been coming in. Thank you for everybody who sent in voicemails for our 3000th episode. If you would like to participate in that, uh, go to horseradionetwork.com on your phone and then click on the voicemail line on the right hand side of the page and it'll open our voicemail system you just hit record you record your message and by magic sends it to us so if you so it's so easy to do it's so simple the sound is always good that way if you would like uh, to wish us a happy 3000th tell us what the show has meant to you uh you know when you started listening whatever message you want to give to us for the 3000th episode which is a very, 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 very rare event in the podcasting world. Uh, we will play them all that day. And I wanted to say, we haven't gotten any songs yet. All of you Radiothon song people, uh, get working. We have a week to do this. We have to do get these in by the end of July so we can get them edited. So you have one week to come up with a song. I would love to play a song at the beginning of the show. That one of you guys has written and sung about our three thousandth episode. So all of you song people, get to work, all right? Uh, and sing it and get it off to us. You can also sing it into your phone on a uh, on your memo or whatever and send it to us by email. But one way or another, we need the creative people. All of you Radiothon creative people, uh, we haven't had Radiothon in a couple of years. Maybe you've lost the creativity, but we would love to hear from you and love to have one song at least to start the show. Uh, you don't have to do a song if you call in. You can just tell us your message. We would love to hear. That as well. All right, Daily Winnie Time.
2: Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday
0: We only have one birthday today, and that's Leah Horn. She's one of our terrific auditors. Happy birthday to Leah, and I hope you have a terrific weekend.
3: So Glenn, um, yesterday I um, was in the barn and I saw this uh, truck come up the driveway and I thought, who is there? Because I wasn't expecting anybody. We had uh, volunteers were already there at Colby's Army and uh, somebody comes out with this big package and it was from Amazon. It was one of those Amazon delivery drivers and, and I wasn't expecting anything and so I thought it was addressed to me and so I opened it up and uh, it was a coffee mug. And on the coffee mug, it said, be careful or you'll end up in my book.
0: (laughs) I didn't send it. So perfect for
3: me. I love the coffee mug. I have a suspicion about who sent it. There was no note. Did you think it was me at first? Well, I did, but but but, but I, I, I have somebody. I know I have somebody else in mind, but but you know, I just you know whoever sent this to me, thank you. I love it. I absolutely love it. Jamie it's and I could perfect. have
0: sent that to you. That would have been one we could, could have, have sent. sent. Yeah, you That's could funny. have sent
3: it to me. Yeah, and you know those things are true, especially <laughs> for you guys.
0: <laughs> now, you're working on the fifth. Sixth, sixth.
3: working on the sixth cat enright book and uh, probably going to be out sometime in the spring and um scooter is playing a little bit of a role
0: in, in the I book know. this time Apparently, she asked me for some scooter bio so i told him about it yesterday when i was out and he was yeah. very excited because he's already famous so he's very well, excited that he, he could be you know in a book
3: i'm glad we made scooter excited yes yeah he wants yeah. to
0: know if he's the killer because he well, would love to be the that. killer actually because <laughs> you know scooter he's up for an adventure <laughs>
3: he is up for an adventure but i can't tell him that right now okay.
0: so you know <laughs> speaking of that are we going to be tv stars can you is there any new news on the tv front
3: so so the news on the tv front is is the the series has been optioned by um, a cable network, by the parent company of a cable network. I can't really say which one yet. I will say that uh, we have a producer in place. We've got a script writer in place. Um, we've got a script being worked on. And
0: Is know, it based on the go. first book, or are they or uh, just overall? Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah just kind of overall, but but based on, on the first book. Um, probably, we will be shooting in Canada.
0: Oh, wow. So. Yeah. Well that's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> literally. I,
6: literally, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now,
0: Jamie would make a great cat right, I think. She can would do the southern she? accent. She's
3: got it. Yes. And yeah. she's got the
0: attitude. She yeah. could
3: totally do that. Oh, it. she definitely has
0: the attitude of cat. If anybody's read any of your books, they yeah. know that Jamie she has could that totally, attitude.
3: Totally. She could do pull it.
0: that off without acting.
3: Yes, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it just just be her. Yeah, yep. exactly.
0: So I'm I'm voting for her. She could get her SAG card. She could do this. She could do this. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. She
0: could do it. Now yeah, when it means cool. option, does that that mean you're rich, or does that mean you're not rich?
3: That means I'm not rich yet. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. So
3: yeah, it's it. No, and and I, I have to split the money with the publisher, so they get a you know a chunk of it too. So and then the agent gets a chunk of it. So you know,
0: that's the rich. thing about these deals. People don't realize there's twelve hands in the pocket. You know, and yes, you know yes. even these sports stars who get these big contracts. You know, they're getting part of that. <laughs>
3: Yes yeah. and then, and then there's taxes on top of that yeah. so that's you know you, you, you see these big numbers and really to to option a, a book you know you're looking at a, a very small percentage of the overall production budget you know and then by the time you you know you split it with the publisher and the agent and, and uncle Sam you know it's a it's a much smaller amount now, do you get mailbox
0: money like? after or does a writer uh, not get that?
3: So yes, so it depends on your deal. Like so, like uh, my book Front of the Class that I wrote with Brad Cohen, um, Hallmark made a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie out of it, and that was a flat fee. So okay. it was just
0: you know. So you however, don't get your twenty nine cent checks. So. No,
3: no, darn! But they would add, <laughs> add up, you know. It would be really nice.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> Hallmark tends them. to play things over and over and over. Again. Yeah,
3: they do. They do, and and that. That movie, um, Internet Movie Database, IMDb, uh, just named, front of the class, the number one Hallmark movie of all time. Really? They did.
0: Well, congratulations. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yeah, now you're I, wishing I, you didn't do a flat fee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but when you work with Hallmark, that's the only deal you get. Oh, wow. It's like, take it or leave it. Well, There's I mean, other that's still bragging,
0: right? You should have that everywhere. I, You should have that on a mug.
3: I should have that on a mug.
0: (laughs) Number one Hallmark movie was mine.
3: So if anybody wants to send me that, I. (laughs) (laughs) What was it called again in case somebody wants to check it out? Uh, Front of the class.
0: Front of the class. All right.
3: Front of the class. Yeah.
0: Hey, there was big news earlier in the week in Florida, um, and this was all over the place. This was all over. <laughs> Everybody that lives in Florida was talking about this. So when I go to the Orlando airport, I take the Florida Turnpike. So we we head down 75, and then you hit the Florida Turnpike. And then you take the Florida Turnpike pretty much right to the airport. And uh, the Florida Turnpike is, Route 75 is always backed up, especially near where we live, because we live about two minutes now from the uh, exit here at uh, Route yeah. 75. And it's the exit, for those that have been here in Ocala, it's the exit you get off to go to Don Garlett's, Racing museum, or to go to the Florida Horse Park.
3: So, so Glenn, is this one of those those turnpikes that has like eighty-seven bazillion lanes? No, or, in, no, no. In some it's spots, it's a four-lane it,
0: thing. Most part, parts, it's uh, two lanes each side, uh, and then it okay, gets it. wider in some parts. I think this was okay. in the narrower part where this happened. Okay. But uh, so, a guy's driving down the Florida Turnpike from Alabama, and he gets uh, a good ways down the Florida Turnpike, and all of a sudden, he discovers that his uh, truck is on fire. Oh, no. His semi caught fire, prompting him to pull over. Yeah, that would prompt you to pull over.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: And so he had 70 head of cattle in the back. Oh, my uh, goodness. And now his truck is burning, and he's going, well, I got to. Only one thing I can do, and he did the he did the right thing. He opened the doors, but now you have seventy head of cattle on a very busy Florida turnpike, so, <laughs> <laughs> and of course they're a little freaked out, so they were all over the place. Uh, this t- happened in the morning. It took till three thirty in the afternoon to reopen the turnpike.
6: Oh, because my they were
0: chasing these cattle around, and a, you know a, I was watching some of the videos. There are. No cattle tend to stay in groups, except that they have yes. their own groups. So it was just one group. It was several groups, right, yes. that were scattered all over the turnpike. And At times, I don't know how they got... Well, in that part, there might have not have been a guardrail in the middle. There might have been grass. So right. they got onto the other lane, and they had to go down the other lane, too. So hours and hours people were sitting there waiting for these cops to round up the cattle. Um, so it took a long time. And... They, I'm happy to report nobody was hurt, nobody was injured, no cattle were hurt, but one cow still has yet to be recovered, and they know where this cow is. It's on the right shoulder of the road. But like always, this cow was having no parts of going back in the truck. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> apparently, they were still trying to figure out how to round up this particular cow. So Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's always it- one, though, isn't there?
3: There there always is one. And you know, I I saw a little bit of this story too, and I saw I heard that traffic was backed up for
0: thirty miles. It was thirty miles. Now one, and we've all have our traffic backup stories, right? We were in Pennsylvania, coming across the state, and I remember we we're heading toward Allentown or something, and it was a highway, and that was the longest I think we'd ever backed up. Everybody was out of their cars, uh, was sitting on the, you know, every people got chairs out of their cars and were sitting along the road. I think it was like eight or nine hours. People were um. walking off the highway, leaving their cars to go find a bathroom, you know, because <laughs> you got to go
3: to the bathroom. I mean, <laughs> well, you do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So I um, I had given a clinic down in Birmingham, Alabama, a couple of years ago, and I I started back up the freeway toward Nashville, and this was maybe in February in Alabama, and all of a sudden a snowstorm hit, and this was maybe eight or nine o'clock at night, and within an hour there was six inches of snow on the ground, and so I will tell you this: Alabama has no snowplows. No. So 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 <laughs> we we're salt. were or salt or anything, and so everybody came to a screeching halt. And and seriously, I sat there for eight hours. And so (laughs) it was cold, but people were going around sharing their water and, and people were car hopping into other people's cars to watch videos or play card games. And uh, uh, one, one people, one uh, people had uh, an RV. So they were letting them use the bathroom. And, and, you know, it was like, it was amazing. And you know, what's, what's even more amazing? You just you zigzag around and and I get to the Tennessee state line. Roads are
0: absolutely clear right at the right at the line. <laughs> there you There's go. Six
3: inches of snow here and clear roads here. Tennessee though see-
0: is a little higher, so they get a little bit. You know, in the mountains, especially. Yeah, if yeah. we
3: got a little bit more, more snow, and a little bit more ice. But I did see one snowplow in Alabama, and what it was was a road grader with a bucket on it with a guy all bundled up wearing a muffler and a little Ford Ranger pickup with a yellow light on
0: following him behind. <laughs> that was their snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I should put in there, I should put, uh, I'll do this in the auditor room. I will put a post today after the show that asks uh, how long have you been, what's the longest you've ever been stuck on the highway. I got to do that. All right. I'll do that today. There'll
3: be some great stories for sure.
0: And for all of you that were bugging the hell out of me about putting up the wedding picture, our wedding picture with Jennifer from our medieval wedding, uh, Jennifer found one and put it up. So it's in the auditor room right now. You can go check it
3: out. I saw that. You you looked very
0: king-like. Yeah, well, and there's a story behind that. We had those costumes cuz we had a medieval wedding. We were we owned an acting company that did medieval yeah. stuff at that point. But, you know, obviously Jennifer didn't want to wear her normal queen's outfit, so she had that dress made, which was beautiful. However, yeah. The guy who made it turned out to really flake out at the end, and he made my costume too. And it, my costume was not anything like I really wanted it to be. It turned out okay, you know, it was fine. Right. Hers right. was by the time wedding day got there. We a lot of it was being held up by pins in the back. It wasn't done being <laughs> sewn. I mean, it looked beautiful. It turned out okay, uh, right. but but it was being held up by duct tape. So. <laughs> oh my goodness!
3: Oh my goodness! She was There's pretty pissed. There's always a use. There's always a use for duct tape.
0: That's true, and we did have we had a reception all of our performers performed for us, uh, performed for everybody at the reception, but they wrote special stuff for the wedding. And one of our performers uh, did calligraphy and she was one of our singers and and uh, she's very clever. And she wrote mm-hmm. this elaborate poem about us and did it in calligraphy with all the fancy scrolls and everything like you see in the old books and oh, had fun. it framed, and it's still hanging in our bedroom today. So,
3: oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. And we got to see her on the road tro- show last year. Two of our performers that we hadn't seen in 25 years came and met us at the campground. We spent a day together and it was so much fun to see them both. Uh, oh, that's great. Talk about the old days because we did 450 shows. We did a lot of yeah. shows. <laughs> I
3: mean, yeah. Was, yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot of shows. That's a lot.
0: But, Anyway, let's hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and then we're going to talk about the Mongol Derby with Devin Horn. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. EquiJoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, EquiJoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose EquiJoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
0: Well, coming up next is somebody that we've had on the show a million times. Her name is Devin Horn. We call her Daredevil Devin because she is. She's a 100-mile ultra runner. She has a black belt in one of the martial arts. I'm not sure which one. She's an ultra-long distance endurance rider, and she's done the Mongol Derby several times, and she helps us do the coverage of the Mongol Derby, which starts tomorrow. We're going to find out all about that. Now, Devon's sound was not the best. She was doing this at She was sneaking in doing this interview at work, and it was on her laptop microphone, which I think needs replaced. So, But you can hear her, you can understand her, and I cleaned it up as best I could. It's fine. You'll you'll understand everything she says. It just sounds a little muffled, but that's why she was trying to do it at work. So let's listen to Devin and find out about this year's Mongol Derby. What's that time of year? That's right. The Mongol Derby is going to start one of two this year. We'll talk about that. And as always, we have Daredevil Devin back with us to talk about it today. Devin Horn, how are you?
6: I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you?
0: Good. So Devin, of course, has ridden the Mongol Derby about what seems like a hundred times. She's helped me with my coverage of the Mongol Derby every single year. So I appreciate you being back to do it again this year.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pretty much my favorite time of year is uh, watching all the dots cross the step and rooting for people who are taking on the challenge.
0: Now, you've run it twice or three times? I can't remember.
6: Uh, I have started the Mongol Derby three times. I, th- um, I have finished twice and once I DNF.
0: That's right. That's what I thought it was. Okay. So, and you have helped me in... Kind of evening live coverage here that we've done on the show in the past too. I remember specific one year when when uh, uh, Leslie Wiley was riding. we 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 covered it every night that year. It was, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but it was a lot yeah, of
6: fun. It was like being um, it was like being like an ESPN sportscaster. We were like deliberating on what she could possibly be doing and what she was facing and going through. It was super fun.
0: <laughs> now nobody else. Uh, I kind of volunteered her for that, and uh, the stories after were. Dramatic. We won awards on her stories after, actually. Um, wow. But uh, nobody else has volunteered from our group since then. So <laughs>
6: <there's>... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an incredible undertaking, Glenn. Um, more so this year for the writers who um, have been trying to go over and get this done since 2020, 2021. This year they're doing two derbies just to catch up on the people who who have had their adventures delayed. So even more so this year, there's people who have really put at least three years of their lives toward getting this adventure done.
0: Because it was canceled in 2020 and 2021, right? Both years.
6: That is correct, okay. yes.
0: So that's why we're doing two this year is to try and make up for all the riders who basically raised money, you know, got the money together and applied and got approved and then sent their money in. And now uh, they we have to they all would not fit in one ride, right?
6: Exactly. Uh, my understanding is that it's about a hundred riders who are going to be competing within the two races this year. So we'll have a July group of 47 and then an August group of somewhere around the same number.
0: Those poor support people over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor Eric. So, uh, what is the field usually? I remember it being around 40, 30 to 40, right, usually?
6: Yeah. Um, you know, the very first year they did the derby was 10 riders, and ever since then, they've had about 40 to 45. Um, they've never had to do two races consecutively. So like you said, I bet that support people are going to be exhausted. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that is. How much time between the races?
6: I don't believe it's very much. I think it's about a week. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the first race, which starts tomorrow. And we'll remind everybody the Mongol Derby is the longest. Can we say that still?
6: The Longest and toughest horse race in the world. Yes.
0: I mean, they've started some others, but they're not quite as long. So let's talk about this. They're going to be riding across the steppes of Mongolia, and they change horses twice a day, right?
6: Um, More like four. Each horse does about 40 kilometers, which is between 20 and 25 miles. Um, So an average rider riding at the front very quickly will change horses three or four times a day. A rider riding towards the back, maybe two or three.
0: And of course, these are well-trained, warm-blood dressage horses, correct?
6: Oh yeah, they never put a foot out of place. You can go to sleep on them. They're very mild mannered and docile. So no, these are Genghis Khan's original war horses. The blood is completely untouched for you know thousands of years. They are semi feral, which means that they don't enjoy being touched by humans. And every time you get on one, you essentially have to break it from the ground up.
0: And it, it's a wild adventure. We've all seen videos, of everybody getting on, and it's it's a trip. It's a trip, literally. So, are there times you're just sitting on there and the horse is just taking you for a ride for twenty miles? No, no, okay.
6: no. In the set, in the space of a thousand kilometers, you are actively riding every single step of that race. Uh, looking at ground, trying to keep your horse underneath you, uh, navigating. It's all self-navigated, so you have to be working your GPS every second. It is a grueling, grueling test of both survivalism and equestrianism.
0: So do they give you waypoints? Okay, this is your waypoint, this is your next checkpoint, and you just have to figure out how to get there, or do they give you the path?
6: No, there's no route, there's no path. It's just you versus the step on a tiny little horse stranger. Uh, doing the best that you can out there.
0: And these horses aren't very big. You know, that's funny. When you say Genghis Khan's, you know, war horses, we all picture, you know, 18-hand percherons. Um, but that's not the case.
6: No, no. The average of, uh, Mongolian horse is about 11-hands. So you'll see a lot of pictures of people who look like they are they need roller skates on their feet. Um, if a rider's particularly tall, it does look kind of funny. Uh, but these guys are, you know, carry those heavy Mongolian warriors just fine. And they, um, they definitely give the, the riders a run for their money every year.
0: Yeah, don't, don't feel too bad for the ponies. These are tough ponies. <laughs> these are, these oh, are... no. Feel bad for the
6: riders. <laughs> yeah. This,
0: the pony's going to win this one. <laughs> so, uh,
6: um,
0: so, talk about the first field, the one that's heading out tomorrow. Well, first, we'll tell everybody where they can follow the dots. And what we mean by that is it's kind of become a thing following the dots every year is because they all have GPS trackers. And you can literally follow their dots across the Mongolian steppe from home at your at right, sitting right there in your home. So, where do they? do that
6: so it's uh, on the the website the which we can link um through the courses in the morning and there's a list of all of the riders who are going to be uh, competing for the july edition and also there's a, a big live tracking map where you can see exactly what routes people have been taking now they normally only the riders for emergency purposes and, you know, to send help if someone needs it. But it also makes it super fun at home to follow along and, and root for your favorite riders and double question, you know, their navigation decisions, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, it is kind of fun. We, uh, we have fun looking at the ones who end out really out in left field all by themselves and you're going really got there and it's usually because they're looking for their pony because the pony took off
6: (laughs) yeah sometimes it's the pony's decision to go in a navigationally creative direction sometimes it's the rider um it you know it's all sorts of things but it's so much fun to follow along and sort of try to figure that out on the fly
0: (laughs) one other question before we get to i want to ask you about who we should follow and who we should look at and who we should root for um so will they in both of these rides will they ride the same course or do they will they have two separate.
6: You know, I'm not actually sure. If I had to put money on it, I would say that it's going to be the same course or very similar just because Support, the yeah. the amount of prep work and and work that goes into scouting the the course getting the the thousands of horses that have to go into each edition, I believe they'll keep it pretty close.
0: All right, let's talk about the first group and maybe we'll have you back to talk about the second group then. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh we have a bunch of Americans on this first group. I would say, you know, for the for this time, I don't this is mostly women. I remember other years w- we have, you know, a lo- uh, half and half. It seems like it's greater than that this year.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. The field is dominantly female this year, which is awesome to uh to see. We have a lot of really strong riders, a lot of strong American riders who either have um Extensive endurance background, such as Wendy Oswald. She's an endurance rider who I've been lucky enough to ride with here in Texas, um, as well as people who have just gotten into endurance or specifically sought out endurance rides um, the past couple of years, training specifically for this event.
0: So, who should give us some names of people we should look for?
6: Um, I think my the person I'm rooting for this year is actually an Australian named Kathy Gabriel. She is a returning veteran who unfortunately broke her arm in 2018 and um, was unable to finish. She's coming back for another go of it, um, so I'm going to be rooting for her. Uh, also on the list are Janet and Julie, who are a m- uh, mother and daughter team uh, from Canada and America. They're going to be riding together. Oh, that's I cool. was thinking to them a little bit before they went over. That's um, kind of neat,
0: huh? And then, are they both riders? Yeah, it is. Endurance riders? Uh, or?
6: Yeah, they're not, actually. Um, Nancy is actually somebody who did the um, the COVID Derby a couple of years in a row when we were running that virtual challenge during the pandemic. Um, and I don't know if that's how she got into it or if she would use that as training. But um, it, those guys are are a real hoot and a half, and I'm really looking forward to watching
0: Oh, we got a root for mother daughter. That's that. There's a story there. That I love that.
6: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bianca Farmas, Griffiths and who else? Uh, Deidre Griffiths and who else? Heidi have all been um, training with Stevie Delehunt in California. Um, so they've gotten some really good endurance experience under their belts as well. Uh, and there's a couple other racers. Uh, who is that gentleman? One of the rare male. Well, there's Great, one uh, here
0: that has a name that beats all other names. Which one? Howard. Uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. He's from he's from Australia, maybe or New Zealand. Uh, Howard Bassing Thing Wait. Bassing. Wait. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a I lot of letters him. in that last name.
6: <laughs> you know, it, it's really deceptive when you say cattleman um, in America. You think of somebody who. Uh, you know, is a farmer or a rancher and raises stock cows. But cattlemen in Australia has a completely different um, meaning. And those guys are our are backcountry experts. They're really tough riders. So I would say he's a great one to watch as well. He'll probably do pretty well out there.
0: Now I'm looking to see, they don't have the ages. You have to look through each one to get the ages. But uh, there looks to be a couple of older gentlemen here and ladies. Um, they, I don't think, do they give their ages? I don't see that. Uh, they used to give their ages.
6: So. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll show up on the tracker.
0: Yeah, because they used to give their ages. Um, but there looks to be a couple that maybe are in their 60s.
6: Yeah. Um, you know, I used to tell people uh, to, to get out there as, you know, as quickly as you can, because as you age, you know, the, the endurance aspect does get a little bit harder. But ever since Rob Long won, you know, a few years ago, I really had to eat my words on that. He He really showed us that just because you're young and you have a lot of endurance and a lot of fitness doesn't mean that a better navigator won't be able to tackle the terrain faster than you do.
0: Now, I'm knowing several people that have done this, um, and I just want, for, for those, of the, those, those of you that are new to the Mongol Derby, it is t- this is mentally you're just going to be beat down and beat down and beat down and beat down. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy how much you're beat down by the end of this fifth to seventh day.
6: Yeah, it's, it's a mental... It, it's like trying to climb Everest, complete a dressage test, and have somebody beat the crap out of you for 10 days straight, I think is the best way I can describe it to someone who has no idea what this takes um it it's just a an incredible incredible challenge for anybody who even gets to the starting line let alone covers a thousand kilometers in these conditions it's just a magnet a a huge feat for anybody who gets there
0: it would just bother me not taking a shower for that long that would that would be the worst for me
6: yeah um (laughs) that's definitely a a concern
0: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be the thing that would bother me the most So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch again this year. We'll have you back to talk about the winner. We always have the winner on, so we'll make sure we get the winner on. Uh, but uh, also then we'll we'll talk about the next batch that are heading out and we'll see if we can get Eric from Mongolia he's been on the show many times we'll, uh, he's one of the organizers over there we'll see if we can get Eric on in between rides He he's always a good sport about that stuff so
6: you might have to wake him up I'm sure he's going to be exhausted <laughs> yeah. and they
0: I mean they have vet checks it's like an endurance ride they do have vet checks and they have people that you know help with the health of the riders and there is a hospital although I hear it's a quite treacherous thing to get to the hospital, but um, there's always there's always facilities to help the riders and the horses here health-wise.
6: Yes, and the, the person who is making sure that all of the horses have veterinary care and all of the riders have access to, to emergency medical care and making sure all of the herders get the horses where they need to be, all of that is coordinated by Eric and others. So that's why I'm saying he's also going to be exhausted. Uh, riding the Mongol Derby is a huge challenge, but so is putting it on. So my, my, hats are, my hat is off to all of the organizers of the Mongol Derby. They do such an excellent
0: job. I think the biggest challenge is the riders get so spread out. So they have these tent little tent cities set up uh, at the checkpoints and things, and the support team has to go from one to another to another to another to keep ahead of them, but they also have to keep enough people behind for the stragglers. Uh, exactly,
6: yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, if a, if a rider gets a little bit too far behind, they will sort of like force them to get in a van and, and move a little bit farther up the course for like a completion only. Um, that's one of the ways that they help mitigate it. They'll also hold the ride if there's any sort of like emergency situation, such as a flash flood or something that impacts the, the, the crew. Um, they'll also make the front runner stop if the, um, the, the supply train gets too stretched. They'll put on a mandatory hold and credit the race leaders. In order to make sure that everyone has access to safety
0: uh, features. Well, that's good. Good. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's reconvene about that. But before I let you go, I saw a picture of you with your dad. Now, for anybody that doesn't know, we call her Daredevil Devin because she's done so many bizarre things in her life. Um, but her dad, she got it from her dad, who is an ultra. Uh, it's ultra marathon runner, right?
6: Yes. How old is he? Um, he's just turned 65.
0: Yeah, I thought he was a little bit older than me. I've talked to your dad. We had him on the show when we were following you one year. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so we've talked to your dad. But, uh, he does these 100 mile over the mountain and through the woods races, right?
6: Yeah, he did. Um, we're actually just freshly back from the Hard Rock 100, which is the hardest 100 mile foot race in the world. Uh, my dad was competing. He did not finish this one, but he did make it to 60 miles. And some of the worst the San Juan's has to offer. So we're very proud of him, and I just got finished Troy for him doing that. It was
0: probably hot as hell, too. <laughs> it was it wasn't. Yeah,
6: <laughs> it was pretty warm out there this summer for sure.
0: Well, sixty miles—that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, geez, <laughs> it's like no, none of us could do that. So you were in Definitely. this big leg contraption in the picture. I mean, from from your from your waist and basically to your ankle. What's going on?
6: Uh, so, unfortunately, last October, I was riding uh, a green horse in an endurance ride, um, and I, unfortunately, parted ways with him and dislocated my knee. Uh, the good news, though, is that I, I kept hold of his reins, and when he set back, I popped back up and relocated the kneecap where it was supposed to be. Oh. So, um, I nice of you to fix yourself that, like that. No- yeah, no, it was, it was great. The universe aligned, my kneecap realigned, everything was going well. Um, and for the next several months, I finished the ride, the race, by the way, uh, for the next several months, I just thought that it was healing itself. It's healing itself. Everything's going to be fine. Um, it turns out though, when I did eventually drag myself into an ortho that I had torn my medial patellar bridge. I think is what that's called. So I did have surgery to go in and replace it with a cadaver. And I am now eight weeks post-op.
0: So how long will it take for this recovery? And is it just killing you?
6: Um, Well, it's, it kind of comes and goes because the first couple weeks, you're too drugged to care. And then the middle of it, you're too, you know, you're, you're too ginger to really want to do anything. And then now that we're about at eight weeks, it really is starting to kill me a little bit. And I am <laughs> contemplating chewing my own leg off. So, it's, it's, you know, recovery is one of the hardest things that athletes have to go through. Um, and you just have to take it in stages and understand that pushing right now will exacerbate and lengthen the time that you can't do what you want to do. So you have to just sort of trust your doctors and, and figure out how to live with what you can do now so that you can run later. And, um, all you realize really well, you just said that to a battle. bunch of
0: horsewomen who never listen to their doctors at all, right? You. Re-
6: I know, I know, and that's <laughs> that's something that I I do kind of want to talk about, um, just for my own sake. I I've done that so many times in my life. I've made things worse uh, by not listening to doctors, and I've made the the healing time of my own body longer or less effective because I have not listened. Um, and so this time I really dedicated myself to my physical therapy and listening. And, you know, they, they told me I'll be back on my feet in September. So I'm I'm hopeful for that.
0: Wow. That's a long summer, huh? Yeah. That's quite <laughs> know, a piece of hardware you have on there too, by the way.
6: Yeah, it really is. And okay. So I know that I just said all of that stuff about listening to your doctor, <laughs> but I did hike 30 miles in in Colorado. <laughs> um with my brace on and the funny thing is is that my my leg feels fine and my leg feels strong but this brace is at the end of its life uh it is holding on by a thread the hinge is squeaking like a mouse every time i move it (laughs) it's it's not great (laughs) do you have to sleep with it on not anymore no at the the beginning i did though god
0: that'd be tough (laughs) yeah well, I'm glad you're getting better. We'll see you back uh, riding, doing crazy things here in no time. I'm sure by the end of the year. I'm. I'll give you the. Yeah, end of the
6: year. I. I actually booked a race uh, at the end of September, so hopefully, I will be back in the saddle ready to so.
0: go. <laughs> Nothing like just getting back in and going for a race. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Devin. We always love having you on, and I really appreciate you being here.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you later, Glenn, and uh, I'll pop in and out for Derby updates
0: as well. Yeah, and let's talk in another week or so after the Derby's over before the next one. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, Devin. Well, I hope everybody follows the dots. If you want to follow the dots, you just go to the website now. It is called The Equestrianists. I put it in the show notes for today's show. Go there. You can see all the riders and bios of all the riders, and you can follow their dots over the next five or six days uh, in Mongolia and see how that works out. And hopefully we'll get Devin back to give us an update. And speaking of programming, next Wednesday is the running of the Chincoteague ponies, and we cover that every year. And one of our listeners, one of our terrific listeners is going to be there. They're going to be in kayaks. So we're going to get a live report from the kayak at the running of the ponies and, and at the Chincoteague. Uh, and then they, they, they head them over, and then they do the auction and all that stuff. And we've had a lot of our listeners buy uh, Chincoteague ponies at the auction over the years. So it's going to be fun getting a water side or on top of the water report. Next oh, that's going to be
3: amazing. Yeah. That, that's my bucket list. That's one of the things on my bucket list. I it's would not love that to far that. from
0: you, actually, really.
3: No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's not. And there's no reason that I haven't gone. It's just, you know, planning, I guess. But yeah, that'll be a fun interview.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. So we'll be covering that like we usually do. But uh, next up, before we get to really bad ads on horseyhooves.com, which we have them on the show all the time, I noticed this and I went, really? There's six of them? They have the six best horse card games. These are card games Ooh. that involve horses. Did you know I didn't know there was any. So um Well, I we we
3: have one. Um which I one have you, one, but, you know but I didn't know, you know there were six. I've got the the Uno for horses.
0: Oh, that's it. They have is it the Spirit one? Spirit yes. Untamed yes. Uno. So that's number one on the list, the Spirit Untamed Uno. Now that one I kinda got, right? I, I get that one.
3: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. and apparently that is the most popular of the horse card games. It's it. Yeah, I like it. It's fun. The, but the nice thing about Uno too is you can have a whole lot of players. Matter of fact, it's not very yes. good with two players. You need a whole lot of players, uh, yeah. to make yeah. that one fun. They have one yeah. called it's Top Trumps, which is a card company. Um, they have uh, one called Horses and Ponies and Unicorns. It says here it's entertaining and educational. This is a perfect card game for any horse lover. Put your horse knowledge to the test while learning about horse breeds from all over the world. In this game, you will see how different breeds measure up to each other based on their stats. I would love to see what they put in these.
3: (laughs) I know. I want this game.
0: See how the lovable Shetland measures up to the noble (laughs) Lipizzaner. That's kind of an unfair uh, battle between the two, isn't it?
3: You just don't know. You just don't know who's going to come out on top on that one.
0: And I guess they have unicorns in there, too. Uh, Is that kind of like the Joker you have in a regular deck? Probably. (laughs) Probably.
3: Yeah. That sounds like a fun game, though.
0: Anywhere from 2 to 30 players. Oh, wow. Hey, next Horse Lovers Cruise, we'll have to get some of these games for the cruise. Yes. Yes. Uh, There's one called Hooray for Horses Card Game. Uh, It says it's fun and educational. It's a must for any young equestrian. The rules are simple, and the game is great for the whole family to enjoy. It features five different fun games to play and incorporates different horse breeds from all over the world. We're going to see a theme here, I think. (laughs)
3: Yes, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what the next one's called? Horse breeds oh. of the world. Playing <laughs> cards. <laughs> Whether you're playing Crazy Eights, Go Fish, or your favorite card game, you need a quality stack of playing cards. Playing cards are great. So this is a regular deck of playing cards, only it has horse breeds on the back.
3: That's what it looks like. And, but yeah. I will say, the cards look pretty amazing. They're really They're like, very colorful. Art. Yeah,
0: it looks like paintings and stuff. Yeah. Um, the breeds yeah. include Belgian, Morgan, uh, Marwari, Percheron, Arabian, Appaloosa, and many others. Wow. They better have a quarter horse in there. <laughs> it's going to be Well, what trouble. about a hackney
3: pony? Yeah, what anyway. a hackney
0: pony in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. The next one is DreamWorks Spirit, again, spirit's back, uh, yeah. matching game. And what this says is, though it's not a traditional playing card game, this matching card game is great for improving memory. It is easy to learn and develop important critical learning skills. The game features 72 tiles that are beautifully illustrated with the horse... Uh, Uh, from the character Spirit. The game takes five minutes to learn and less than 15 minutes to play. I like that. Short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So there are two Spirit games. Seems to be a theme there. And then the last one is called Professor Noggin's Horses Card Game. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's an educational card game that encourages kids to learn interesting facts about horses and ponies. The card game combines trivia, true or false, and multiple choice questions. These are easy and hard questions to keep children engaged. You know what? I should buy this game and we should have some adults on to see if they get the answers right. We should. I should do that. This would be a lot of fun. Yes, I should do that for the show. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I'm going to do that. That That's a good good idea. So, there, if you were looking for a game, if it's rainy where you are, it's too damn hot to do anything outside, go ahead and get yourself uh, some horsey card games. One other thing I want to talk about before we go to the show today to to our really bad ads is the briar horse auction we covered briar quite a few times leading up to briar fest here on the show and we talked about the fact that they have a horse auction and these are not real horses these are briar horses and the horses that they tend to put in the horse auction are hand-painted and sometimes they're one-of-a-kind molds so it's the only one you can get and then it's hand-painted do you know what
3: they're pretty amazing did you
0: see what the top horse sold for
3: I see one here for $16,000. No,
0: it's not enough. The top one sold really? for $65,000.
3: Seriously?
0: It's Lone Seriously? Ranger Silver. Now, this is Lone Ranger Silver, but Silver is rearing, and Silver, in this case, has wings. So, you know, I... I I'm Blown and hand painted. These are all hand painted by artists and stuff. So these are not. You're not going to buy these. You're not going to buy these off the shelf. And before you go running to, uh, you know, check out your collection of briars, your your one in five million stamped briar is not going to be worth much, right? So, no. But, but here we had a sport pony of Fjord for eleven thousand dollars. We had nine thousand dollars on Arabian mare, dapple gray. We had a racking American standard standard bred. Saddlebred, actually, for seventeen thousand yeah. dollars. Wow. And I was just painted brown wow. because all saddlebreads <laughs> are pretty brown. So it's just-
3: well, yeah. Yeah, you know, I have a friend in Western Washington state that and she got uh, a couple years ago her husband gave her one of those little 3D printers for Christmas or her birthday or something and and anyway, so she started doing all of these accessories for briar horses. She she's making, you know, cowboy hats and gates and saddles and all this stuff and she's doing really well. And I think she was at Briar Fest this year.
0: Oh, these people drop a lot of money at Briar. Yeah. Fest. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is yes. just the auction. I mean, they, they sell all kinds of briars there. They trade. They have all the accessories, everything. There's yes. one that's really creepy. If you find the multicolored jumper one, worth $12,000. So this is called Jumper Glossy. Bungie's flaggy, pearly. I don't know how to say it. Okay. But it's this jumper horse that is a uh, polka-dotted jumper horse, right? Except the polka dots in this case in the front are black, in the middle are red, and in the back are gold.
3: Oh, I see it. That is a little weird.
0: It's a bizarre looking... And it's on a
3: stand. It's like, like on a clear stand.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a weird paint job. <laughs> I'm surprised that one went for 12000 actually.
3: I don't know, but if if you're really into artsy things, it might be just your cup of tea right there.
0: Now the Gypsy Vanner went for ninety five hundred, and uh, that is that is a stunning looking model. <laughs> I that is say. amazing. That'll get your attention because <laughs> yes. they. It's interesting too because they painted uh, all of the feet with the white feathers and huge white feathers on three of the right. feet, but on the one of the feet they painted them black. So it yeah, it's kind of strange. It's I, I would have probably went went with all white, but I guess artistic license, right?
3: I guess so. Yeah, so there you go.
0: There's your report. I it was a lot of money made on Briars <laughs> this time. Holy cow.
3: Yeah. I, I you know, and honestly, if you if you have a little bit of artistic talent, you might want to think about
0: it for next year. Does it surprise you? I know, I get to really bad ads, I promise everybody. And we will have a post show. I have something funny for you in the post show. But yeah. I gotta tell you, I am surprised. We're we're having a tough economy. Inflation's been through the roof! Everybody knows gas prices, food pr- food prices are ridiculous. Um, so all of this, yet I haven't seen a decrease in spending on people's hobbies. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you really are
3: passionate about something, that's where you're going to put your money. And you're, you know, you're, you might be eating rice and beans, but you're going to spend sixty five thousand dollars on a briar horse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, people are, you know, they're still setting records this year at horse shows with the number of entries. Yeah. So, you yeah. know. You know, I know some people have curtailed, but I, a lot of other people are still going places. So
3: they are. And you know, I did notice something though interesting when I was at my mom's earlier this month. You know, she lives on Lake Minnetonka outside of uh, Minneapolis. Um, there are—it's a huge lake with 130 miles of, of shoreline. But anyway, the boats were smaller this year.
0: Uh, the big boats
3: weren't out. The big boats weren't out. Well, I'll people tell you were, why. The
0: guy who bought our yeah. camper sold his yeah. big boat uh, to because he. He said it had three, he is one that had the three motors on the back. So, yeah, yeah, he said that when he had the favorite thing he liked to do on the lake he was on, it was huge. We have a lot of big lakes here in Florida. He would take Mm -hmm. it out and there's a restaurant on the other side of the lake. And he used to go over there for dinner and then come back on the boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said it was costing him now $500 to take the boat to dinner in gas. (laughs) (laughs) He said every time I took the boat out to go to dinner, it was $500. So he sold that's
3: the boat. just mind
0: boggling. <laughs> he said to start that boat would cost him $50 in gas to start it. Wow. <laughs> Before wow. you move, well, it's
3: I, I know that it's not miles per gallon, it's gallons you know, per mile. It's you know, gallons per about mile.
0: This, but, yes, that's correct. Yeah. And he said he could get about, um, he and he did it in time. You know, he yeah. said he would, what was it, four or five, I forget how many gallons for a half hour. It's crazy number. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, I, I think that people are not taking their big boats out quite as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our our diesel trucks take a lot less than that, that's for sure. Exactly. All right, let's do some really bad ads. I know you're all waiting for it.
5: I'll say
7: pay attention.
5: If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but... That's right. It is
0: time for really bad ads. That time of the week when listeners submit ads from Craigslist or Facebook or someplace, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. Normally, we have prizes. I haven't gotten the new batch of prizes yet, and I'm working on a really big prize that might have to run over Ooh. a couple of months, maybe till the end of Ooh. the year. Uh, but we will we will solve that. Everybody who's submitting now will be entered for the next prizes, whatever they are. So you're not you're not being left behind. We're we're making sure everybody's entered. And I apologize, as I said earlier in the show, to people who have been sending in audio. Uh, through our voicemail line because they were getting mixed up with the 3,000 episode ones and Jennifer missed them. So we're going to get caught up on some of those today. And so we're going to have a lot of listener-submitted ads. And if you submit your own ad, if you read it and send it in through the voicemail line, you get double the entries for the prizes. If you do it in a dialect that is not your own, you get triple the entries. So so Starbright sent the first one in.
5: Hi, guys. This is Starbright Starbright from Portland, Oregon with a really bad ad. It is from the Facebook group Official Oregon Horses, and it reads, For your consideration, 8-year-old Sorrel Gelding out of registered stock. Never got around to get him AQHA registered, so he is selling grade. This is a been-there-done-that ranch gelding. He has big motor that will never leave you hung out to dry. He's been in the branding pen. Would make a good rope horse with a little training in the arena. This gelding has speed at 15.1 hands. You'll be blown away as you're grabbing gears, trying to head that wild cow with her tail in the air off. (laughs) Or put him in a round pen and give lessons. I've never had a kid on him. He's good around dogs, saddling, worming, shoes put on. Hondo is the real deal. PM for more info and pricing. And there are some pictures of what looks like a nice horse and a very cowboy-looking dude. On. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, a couple of things stuck out to me there. One was uh, never had a kid; would be great for great. kids, although we've never had kid on them. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, what reading between the lines, uh, this horse is a bolter.
3: Oh, exactly! <laughs> Absolutely, he is. Yes. He'll yes. take and you
0: for a ride. He said that five times.
3: And that's why they're riding in the round pen, because he exactly. can't get too far. It's <laughs>
0: exactly, the first thing that jumped out at me, is he said yeah. several times, this horse going to take you for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and he couched it like that was a great thing. That was perfect. You oh, want to go absolutely. fast when you're trying to rope a cow. Of course you do. Maybe the Florida cow's on the turnpike. This would be See? perfect horse for that.
3: Perfect horse, yep. Yeah. Yeah, he can have a
0: race with the cars that are speeding (laughs) by. (laughs) That was great start, right? Thanks. And this is Monica.
7: Hi, this is Monica calling with another really bad ad. And it's actually not that bad, but I just think it's funny because of all the emojis in the ad. It's from Facebook, I think Oklahoma somewhere. Here we go. Gandalf emoji. Frodo, Gandalf emoji. 10-year-old grade gelding, 14HH, hand emoji, barrel emoji, played a horse, (laughs) knows the pattern, barrel emoji, great on trails, has been ridden in parades and by younger children, was owned by a 7-year-old in the past, gets along great with other horses, horse emoji, neck reined, double-pointed arrow emoji, W slash T slash L, red X emoji, Zero buck, zero bite, zero kick, zero bolt. Ghost emoji. No spook. Easy to load slash unload. Easy keeper. Hand doing the okay sign emoji. No maintenance required. UTD on syringe emoji and negative (laughs) cockens. Forward arrow emoji, forward arrow emoji, forward arrow emoji. Located in Stephenville. Backward Backward arrow emoji, backward arrow emoji, backward arrow emoji Circle with a, re- a cross through it emoji. No trades, no tire kickers, no low ballers. Prices are firm and not interested in consigning. Serious increase only. PM for carrot emoji.
0: <laughs> That's the best part of the lab. <laughs>
3: So, have you ever had an ad sent in that was entirely emojis? No, well, that one sounded like it was
0: mostly emojis. (laughs) It
3: was mostly emojis. But that would be cool. That would be cool. Somebody should do that.
0: Now, we have... There are emoji people and not emoji people, right? Um, You know, and I just find finding the right emoji takes forever. Writing an ad like that with all those emojis, maybe some people are just good at knowing where the emojis are. It just takes me forever to find the one I want. Right, right, yeah. We have a mutual friend... Who, t- who sends emails with a million emojis. Oh, yes. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I know
3: exactly who we're, t- who we're talking about. Yes, absolutely.
0: And how yes. she... Do you think... Is there a way to save emoji strings? Because she sends emoji strings.
3: Oh, yeah. I think you just, you just copy and paste. I think.
0: <sighs> she does a lot of emojis. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, she probably has like her emoji favorites, like section where she can do stuff. All right, go.
0: you emoji people, let us know the secret to fast emojiing because apparently Lisa and I don't have that down. Because yeah. <laughs> if I'm lucky, if I, I, have, I get a smiley face out.
3: So I have mine, mine, if I use them regularly, they kind of come, they kind of move and come over to, you know, where I can find them more easily. But, but yeah, I just. Uh, but
0: when's the last time you used a Gandalf emoji?
3: Uh, never. <laughs>
0: That stuck out at me because I was like, Gandalf has an emoji. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you have the next one.
3: (laughs) Okay, so Sarah sent this in. Um, Lost dog, Rowdy, male, four years old, (laughs) one testicle.
0: (laughs) That's why I made you read that.
3: (laughs) Yes, thank you, Glenn. (laughs) Lost around Texana Road in Porham, Oklahoma. If found, please call.
0: Now, it's they have pictures of the dog. Yeah, why did he's they, very cute. Yeah, well, why did they think it was necessary to put in one testicle if you have pictures of the dog?
3: Because you can identify the dog from the photo, right? Um, you don't have to, like, turn him over and look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, hold still. I going to feel around down there. <laughs> I just thought but it was bizarre that they decided to put that in. It's a cute little dog, but he's a super cute dog. He's a little,
3: he's a little like fuzzy something black with tan points and yeah. looks really cute. I and, hope they uh, found
0: him. He's very confused. He's going through life confused because he only has one it, testicle. So. It has
3: one. Yes.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to hear you read that one. That's why. Faye you, sent Brian. this one in. <laughs> And also, thank you, Sarah, for allowing me to give that one to Lisa. Uh, Faye <laughs> sent this one in. 12-year-old registered Arabian intact stud. Oh, we have a theme today. <laughs> there we go. Papers in hand. Add some speed and stamina to your foals or cut him and train him. <laughs> <laughs> this horse is solid as a rock. He has never been trimmed and has four perfectly shaped feet. Why oh do goodness. I doubt that? Why am I having doubts I about see, that? I don't see any pictures of his feet. Pictures do not yeah. do him justice. Maybe that's why there's no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he runs all day long back and forth in his pasture and is in tip-top shape. Like, that's a good thing. Right, right. <laughs> you can't wear him out. Guaranteed. He is virtually untouched. So bring a trailer and gloves and we will help load him. He took a really bad, I mean, he took the worst traits in a horse and made it sound positive.
3: Yes. Yeah, this is called creative writing.
0: Yeah, like running back and forth in his pasture nonstop driving everybody nuts is a good thing. He's in tip-chop exactly. shape. He can't wear him out. It's a good thing. And he's untouched. He, made that, he just weaved that into the sentence. You can wear him out, yes. guaranteed. He's virtually untouched, so bring a trailer. It's like, And he's 12 years old. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. All right, yeah. Lindsay sent this one in.
8: Hi, Glenn and Jamie. This is Lindsay. Um, I live in New Mexico, and I have a really bad ad for you. Um, This one comes from Facebook. And um, so the the picture of the horse is a really cute um, paint horse. And so the ad starts out, don't bow down. I assume that's the horse's name. And it says, Pinto Carito Pinto, five, six years. (laughs) Hair. Castrated. (laughs) Healthy without tomorrows. No record. One comma 60 to the cross.
0: Wait a minute. I have to go back. Healthy without tomorrows? Is that what uh, she said? And,
3: and did, did she say the horse had hair?
0: Yeah, let me go back. I, I'm, I hear
8: <laughs> Six years. Hair. Yeah. hair. Healthy without tomorrows. That's no record. One comma 60 to the cross. Well dressed in clen and cola for kids and adults, and then it gives a phone number. I handle fleet Mexico and USA. More information inbox or Watts. The little spool tea. I'm not sure what that means.
0: I feel like that was a foreign, that was sure like, like an, an alien language. <laughs> I'm not sure what any of it means. <laughs> You're a professional writer, and I don't think you understood any of that. I
3: didn't understand any of that.
0: <laughs> That was wow. a bad ad. I don't, no idea what they were talking about. Um, wow. Courtney sent this one in. By the way, these are well-read today, guys. Good job.
1: Yeah, they are. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Glenn. I have um, an interesting ad for you. And it's worth noting that I am not from Kentucky, but I live in Kentucky, and I work with Kentuckians. So I'm going to try my best. Oh, good. <laughs> so we have good broodmare. Had her as a foal. Her mother is also for sale. This girl has had four babies and no problem foal in any of them. She is registered. I don't have papers. I have her pedigree, though. She was an embryo transfer. I haven't made her mom's ad. This mare is rideable. No previous injuries. Loads, ties, trailers, tags up and rides, no problem. Kids can ride a bridleless. Elder people safe as well. I put a six-year-old on her, no problem. This mare is a good brood mare. Or kid horse. One of my best mares. I will ship her for $2.50 every mile. Or you must pick her up. I'm open to offers of other broodmares or show horses or cash offers only, no lower than $4,000. Um, and then the interesting parts of it are that there are like 12 pictures and there are, I'm pretty sure, just like random stock photos of quarter horses. <laughs> <coughs> and also there's a make and model Um, You know how on Craigslist you can put a make and model of like a vehicle. Well, they put the make as horse and the model as horse, but the size is 15.3. So if you want her, she's in Lexington. (laughs) Maybe the
0: pictures were supposed to be your kids. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's funny.
3: That's funny. <laughs> well, our next ad was sent in by Lilla. And this is where, where Jamie would do a really good job reading this ad. I will do my best, but I'm not Jamie, unfortunately. So, um, some sort of horse bridle thingy leather strap. $5. Chico. I have no idea what it is or what it goes to. I live an hour north of Chico, up in Manton, but I go to Chico to see family around the 18th of every month. I can get it to you then. And there's a picture, a really dark picture. What looks to me, Glenn, like uh, maybe an English uh, throat latch strap.
0: Yeah, like an o crap strap. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or something. I don't know.
3: Or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard a piece to tell of leather. because the photo super dark. <laughs> yeah,
0: and apparently there are no horses in Chico because... Uh,
3: apparently not.
0: Or, or in Manton because you have to buy it in Chico, so... Yes. yeah, Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. horses up there. <laughs> Allie sent the next one in. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to post this one in the auditor room. I'll post a picture. It's English tag for sale and wanted. Barely used, needs good cleaning. Does not sum with irons. Now, this remember it says barely used. This is but, a black. It, but all- Glenn, it doesn't say barely used. It says barley used. Oh, it does. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was so stuck on barely used after looking at the pictures. Uh, it's a black barley. all-purpose saddle, and it's in New Jersey. And um, if this is barely used, then I'd hate to see a used saddle because I mean,
3: seriously. It looks like somebody ran over it with a truck. Yeah, it does.
0: I mean the leather's <laughs> totally worn out in all the places that you would use a saddle. So, uh yeah, barely used, kind of not. Uh this is very used. It's very ancient. It's not worth $300. I'm going to Oh, that. holy cow, no. Not even Oh my goodness. This is this is one of those piece of crap saddles you find in the attic. Uh yes. that, that some kid used to death and threw it in the attic and then never and came back yes. down. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, well, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> All right, two more listener red ones.
2: And Hi, guys, this is Andrew calling from West Virginia with a really bad ad that I found on Craigslist. This ad reads, Free Pygmy Goats. Eleven free pygmy goats. Bought a property and goats came with it. Finally caught them, little fellas, and had them pinned up in the garage. Old lady's mad and they gotta go quick. Calls and texts <laughs> are best. <laughs> So, I'm guessing that somebody bought a property and uh, realized that these cute little goats were a lot more work than they were worth. Well, looks like somebody got a good deal.
0: (laughs) I I was talking to somebody the other day who lives in West Virginia, and they said that the influx of New Yorkers is incredible right now. Really? And so, you get this city family moves out there, and they see the goats on the property when they buy it, and they go, and goats are the, would you agree with me that goats are the most deceiving animals ever? Absolutely. Because you pygmy goats, especially, they look adorable. Yes. And then they will terrorize your life.
3: (laughs) So (laughs) so when I was just out of college, I moved to Western Washington State. I was managing an Appaloosa horse racing and breeding show facility there. And so I'm unloading my truck. And um, I, I was living in an apartment upstairs in the barn. And so I left my, my car door, my truck door open, and I took a load up the stairs into the apartment. I come back down, and there is a goat in the front seat of my truck, and she has eaten my steering wheel. <laughs> Her, name <laughs> Her name was Laverne. Her name was Laverne. And there was this huge chunk out of my steering wheel. It was, I was mind-boggled.
0: And they do eat the most bizarre things, and it makes you yes. wonder why she chose the steering wheel.
3: Why not the, Why not the like, fake leather seats or something, yeah. you
0: know? I mean. <laughs> goats are the most deceiving animals ever. They look so yes. innocent and so happy. I know.
3: I know. I never liked that goat. Now, I've liked other goats, but I never liked her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are some good goats, and there are some terrible goats. Apparently, these exactly. goats are locked in the garage, and they need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Megan sent this one in.
9: Hey, good morning, Jamie and Glenn. I've got a really bad ad for you. And this is coming from North Carolina. He is grumpy. He is lazy. As you tack him up, you see the red mare stare come out in him, laughing hysterically emoji. He knows that he won't always get his way, but he makes sure you don't know you, you won't always get yours. He will buck of you, ask him to canter. He loads in my trailer fine but didn't load in his owner's trailer fine, dot, dot. I ride this horse weekly on trails around the farm, and I adore him. However, I already have too many personal horses, and he can't be mine, looking up emoji. If you are looking for a play day horse or a walk, jog horse, show horse for your kid, keep looking. He is not the one. If you take earpenny nasty looks personally, keep looking. This is not your guy. If you are a chill person who doesn't mind that he is a teenage red mare stuck in a short, fat, bay gelding body, this could be your guy. If you don't understand that last line, he is not for you. If you enjoy walking long trails, <laughs> sipping beverages, and laughing with friends, hit me up. This is the guy for you. It's low to mid, four, five, four digits. Winking emoji. And there's a really cute picture of him. Um, He's got a teal saddle pad and a matching teal ear bonnet. But the thing is, it's the dead of winter. So is he missing uh, one of his ears or what kind of bugs are they trying to protect him from? Anyway, have a great day.
3: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: All right. Another couple of short ones and then we'll call it a day.
3: Yeah, so this one is from Gwyneth. Uh, quality horses, and then there's the state abbreviations for South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, and then Facebook. Two-and-a-half-year-old stallion, dad, full-blood, Arabian, and mom, a bay-he, friendly but never-been road, needs a good person person to take up time with. <laughs>
0: okay. Looks, I, yeah. I get it, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm <laughs> not i I'm not sure what a bay-he is, but...
3: It's, I don't know what a Behi or an mm. Arabian, but uh, the horse looks really cute. And, um, you know, they have a two and a half year old stallion that they
0: need to get out of their pasture. Yeah, basically. it needs to go. Stallions, we seem to have a theme today. We do. Uh, Geldach, yes. as Jamie would say. Exactly. Uh, Steph sent this one in. Two small quarter horses, $3,500 in Antonagan. Untung- Antonagan, wherever good, that is. Good. Uh, two small, 14-hand, writable 9-year-old mares. One is get up and go, and the other is just very good at eating. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's really
3: great. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> well, at least they're honest.
0: <laughs> All right, let's call it a day here. Thank you, everybody, for sending in the ads. By the way, we had some ads that came in that we didn't have time to read today because we were getting caught up on all the others. So Aaron, Casey, Hannah, Jessica, and Maggie, we just didn't have time to get to yours, but you're entered in whatever contest is for the next one. So uh, you'll be. Get, we'll just keep stacking up the names for whatever the next prizes are, and we should get those from Horse Lovers fairly soon. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Jamie will be back on Monday. Thank you, Lisa, for filling in this week and for Jennifer for filling in for me. I mean, there were two filling co-hosts on Wednesday
3: i know i know we had a good time on wednesday yeah though. i heard that
0: uh i uh, from what i'm hearing from the listeners i can just retire and you guys can do the show so <laughs> that's great i like it uh but uh, yeah so the um we're going to have a post show here for you shortly and we're going to talk a little bit about uh the seasons and how nobody's ever ooh. happy in any of them coming up right in the post show after this lisa where can people find your books where can they find you
3: uh, Amazon.com and Lisa Wysocki, W-Y-S-O-C-K-Y.com.
0: Bye, everybody. See you Monday.
2: Time for the auditor post show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense.
0: Do you have a favorite comedian? A favorite
3: comedian? Oh my goodness! You know who I who I liked, and he's passed away. I liked Flip Wilson. You remember him? Oh
0: yes, yes. He was a good. Uh, <laughs> he was a good uh, kind of character comedian too. And uh, yes, what is that when they use their body a lot? Uh, what's that called? Uh,
3: a physical comedian, yeah, physical
0: comedian, yeah, kind of slapstick, yeah. yeah, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yes. He was I really like Cliff Wilson. Yes. Well, I love Jim Gaffigan. Um, oh yeah, he's my favorite yeah. of the current comedians. He just wrote a book about food, and I highly re- re- recommend that book to everybody. But don't buy the book; get it in the audiobook because Jim reads it. And oh, cool! It, it's a funny, funny book about food. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he makes, he goes (laughs) through every kind of nationality and kind of food there is and rips them apart. It's just funny. But this came up on my YouTube feed and I went, this describes horse people to a T. And it describes what I'm reading in my Facebook post now because it's so hot everywhere. Yes. Uh, So this is Jim Gaffigan and this segment's called Summer is the Worst
2: a nice summer, because there's there's pressure to enjoy summer, right? I'm from the Midwest. It's almost a panic. (laughs) Go out there, have fun. Winter's coming to kill us. (laughs) Go get skin cancer now! (laughs) Because there's an expectation of fun during summer. In winter, we discuss summer with such reverence. In January, you'd think we were talking about a family pet that passed away. Remember summer? I miss summer. I have photos of summer. That's when we're a happy family. Summer's presented as a vacation. It's like a three-month vacation for nobody but children. And who doesn't deserve a few months off after the rigors of kindergarten? five young children during summer they lounge around like they've just returned from fighting ISIS <laughs> third grade was a beast summer vacation does kind of set up an adulthood of disappointment that first job you're like I have to go to work in July <laughs> what is this Russia <laughs> There's a strange pressure to travel during summer. Are you going somewhere this summer? Why do I have to go somewhere? Well, we lived here during the horrible weather. Now that it's nice, we should go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm a very pale white guy. You know, I've yet to be the victim of any type of discrimination. <laughs> that was the part I wanted you to hear. So this That's is
0: so terrible. true of everybody on my Facebook feed right now, right? All winter, they were saying they couldn't wait for summer. And now that it's hot as hell everywhere, they're all gone, Oh, winter's my favorite season.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I posted something similar on my on my page the other day.
0: <laughs> His best line though was the line about vacation. <laughs> yes, yes, and so one. true, so true.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, horse yeah, people, really, we we do tend to see in Florida. It's just the opposite. We, you know, I said it to yes, yesterday to Jennifer. I said, God, I can't wait for winter to get here because that is our summer. You know, we're reversed. Do you, even,
3: you don't even really have winter. Really. No,
0: but it gets cooler and not as humid. So that's kind of right. winter is our good time. Summer is our bad time. So it's a it's a flip of everybody else. <laughs> so.
3: But see now I grew up in Minnesota and there are people up there who who live there intentionally because of winter. They like the forty below weather and they like to cross country ski for two hours with thirty mile an hour
0: blizzard winds.
3: They love that. <laughs>
0: And they're the ones complaining about summer right now.
3: Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) But
0: he was right about summer because, you know, we lived in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. I mean, Massachusetts, the one year we had 90-some inches of snow. So, Um, you know, we've lived in places, Pennsylvania, too. We always seemed to get snow when it was cold and blah, blah, blah. And we always lived in farms that didn't have very good heat either. So, um, But you spend all winter looking forward to summer, and there is that expectation that you've got to make every minute count in the summer.
3: yes. yes (laughs) yes right. <laughs> yes you have to have it has to be epic every single year
0: yes because then it's gone in three months and you're back to winter again <laughs> when right. the f- when right. the family's not happy again as he said right i heard right. this and i just thought it described horse people so well
3: but but it's true but that but then there's spring which is mud season for more, most horse people you i know. think oh. most
0: people who live in the north like the fall the best Yes. Weather-wise, yes. it is the best. There's less bugs. You have less mud, typically. Yes. Um, usually. Yeah. And but then, on the back of your mind is when's the first snow? Yes. It's always there. Yes.
3: <laughs> or, or here in Tennessee, it's when's the
0: first ice storm? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly where you live. <laughs> yep. Kentucky yeah. Kentucky was the worst ice storms I've seen. We lived oh, in Kentucky. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> their mud is worse than ours. <laughs>
0: So, anyway, I had to play Jim for you because it totally relates to everything we're reading right now from all of our horsey friends. And, you know, I pity all of you who are hotter than us right now and make fun of us for living in Florida in the summer because I think we have it better than most of the country right now. Oh, I
3: think you do. You absolutely do. And even even with, like, the rain and the bugs and the humidity, it's better than everywhere
0: else. (laughs) Right now, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> and then in the winter, we'll be happy again. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and everybody else will be miserable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa, for filling in. I appreciate it. You're so welcome, Glenn. Or bye, Good everybody. To talk we'll to you. see you soon.
2: Okay, boys and girls, we're done here. Now go ride your horse.